University of Missouri-St. Louis College of Education podcast. Hello and welcome. My name is David Stouffer and I get to be the recruitment coordinator for the UMSL College of Education. Each week on this podcast, we will meet an innovator in the field of education. We will spend some time getting to know them and learning about their work and how it can help you and yours. It is my sincere hope that this podcast will be a source of encouragement and support as you work to continue impacting lives as an educator. My guest today is Dr. Tom Herr. Dr. Herr began his career in K-12 education as a teacher in the St. Louis Public and Melville School Districts. He then transitioned to administration and became a school principal for the University City School District. Soon after, Dr. Herr began a long and distinguished career as head of New City School from 1981 to 2015. During that time, he became a facilitator of the Independent School Association of the Central States, where he developed and led a program for new heads of independent schools focusing on leadership skills, faculty collegiality, and school governance. He remains at New City School and currently serves as Emeritus Head of School, assisting with the school's planning and development efforts. Dr. Herr began his higher education career after completing his Ph.D. in Educational Planning and Policy Development from Washington University. He then became the director of a nonprofit management graduate certificate program designed to prepare nonprofit leadership. Dr. Herr currently serves as Scholar-in-Residence for the University of Missouri-St. Louis, where he has been since 2015. In his spare time, Dr. Herr is the author of seven books, the latest of which, The Principal as Chief Empathy Officer, was published in February of this year. Welcome, Dr. Herr. And and you can call me Tom. That would be better. Tom, your career in education has evolved over the many years and many ways in your career. Um, You've been a school teacher. You've been an administrator. You've been a university professor. You're an education innovator. What what drives you as an educator? What motivates you to make such a difference in the lives of teachers, educators, and students? Well, I'm no different than, than the students here at Amistad In fact, educators everywhere. We, we go into education because we want to make a difference for kids. It's, it's a remarkable opportunity to change the world a child at a time. And uh, like you, I'm old enough that I see what education can do, and it feels really exciting to be a part of that. Now, how long has that journey been for you? If we go back from the beginning, where do you start? Oh, I'm, I'm old enough. It's a long journey. Um, <laughs> one of my one of my favorite students was Moses. Uh, <laughs> taught him how to open the sea. No, I've been doing it for many many years, and I've worked in lots of different areas. And I was, and this is part of my journey. I was not a good student, and that's being euphemistically, I was a bad student. And what I think I came away with that is an appreciation of what really good teachers can do and how schools should be designed. And so in many ways, I've tried to compensate for uh, what didn't happen with me and make sure that that is not the case with other children. 
Now, you, you began your career as a teacher in St. Louis yes. Public Schools? Yes, I was a fifth and sixth grade teacher at Clinton School on the housing project. Mm -hmm. And uh, this was back in the days when we didn't know what we didn't know. So as a new fifth grade teacher, I had 39 fifth grade students. Mm -hmm. And today I know that 39 fifth grade students really wasn't a good situation. <laughs> back then it was kind of like, okay, I've got 39 mm -hmm. kids. And uh, it was fun. I learned. I learned from them. Uh, Wish I could get back in a time capsule and redo it, knowing what I know now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you went from uh, St. Louis Public um, and became an administrator in the U City School District. Yeah, I taught in Melville for a few years, and then I took a, a hiatus and I worked for the St. Louis Public Schools in the Division of Evaluation and Research when I was working on my doctorate, mm -hmm. and that was really interesting. It was at the time when the St. Louis Public Schools were fashioning a desegregation plan in response to all the litigation. And I was in the middle of that observing. And so I learned a great deal. And then I became a principal in the University City Public Schools, Pershing School. And um, that was really fun. It was interesting. I did a presentation a couple of weeks ago. And I was talking to a group of educators. And somebody said to me, you were the principal of Pershing School? And I said, well, yeah. Well, it turns out that one of my kids uh, is now working as a, an educator in this school. He's in his 40s. And he said, well, I remember you, Mr. Her. You know, and that was pretty cool. Uh, so I did that for three years. And then an opening occurred at the New City School, an independent school here in St. Louis near Forest Park. And I thought, uh, why not? You know, let's try something new. And I went there for what I thought was a few years and 34 years later retired. <laughs> but still there as a, a, an emeritus uh, administrator, correct? Sure, sure. Yep. So so talk about that a little bit. Talk about your, your experience at New City School. What attracted you to that school? What, what was it about that place that made you stay there for so well, long? Well, I'm, I'm a public school kind of a guy. I had only been in independent private schools to go to basketball games. And so I didn't think this was the right thing for me. But my advisor at the time at Washington University, where I got my doctorate, said, oh, go interview. What have you got to lose? And I was really enchanted by the fact that during the interview, we talked a great deal about intellectual curiosity, what does giftedness mean, uh, all kinds of, of what were esoteric topics in my current setting. And I thought, well, I'll try it for a while. And I thought I'd come to New City for three to five years. And again, I was there 34 years. And one of the beauties of it was the independence, the autonomy I had. So I had been there probably five or six years, and I read a book by Howard Gardner, Harvard professor, called... Um, frames of mind. And in that book, Gardner set out the theory of multiple intelligences. And what he did was basically say that intelligence is really problem-solving ability. And we have in education and in psychology tend to define problems as things that are on an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper where you circle the right answer. And indeed, those are problems, but there are many more problems. And when he looked at how the brain works, how society works, he came up with were initially eight intelligences. So I'm sorry, initially seven, linguistic, logical, mathematical, which I call the scholastic intelligences, then musical, bodily, kinesthetic, and um, spatial, and then the personals, inter, intra, and then subsequently the eighth, the naturalist. So at New City School, working with a faculty, and my teachers were incredibly talented, we framed our curriculum and our children's experiences around the theory of multiple intelligences. And so what, what that meant was that our kids still learned the things they needed to learn how to read, write, and calculate, but there were different pathways for them to learn. And so rather than these kids being really smart and those kids not being smart, 
The question was, how can we use our intelligence to solve problems? How can we design curriculum in a way where more kids have opportunities to excel? One of the things about which I, I wrote, and right now I'm doing a blog, one of the things that is very important to me is I talked about the smile quotient. And my belief is that when you walk in a school, there should be lots of smiles. And smiles don't mean that, that people aren't working or it's a vacation. It means they're engaged, they're succeeding, they want to be there. And those smiles should be on the faces of the adults, not just the kids. And I would suggest that the theory of multiple intelligences played very well into the smile quotient because school was exciting, school was fun, teachers were creating new ways to learn, and the journey that we all went on was really a fun one. And working at New City School probably gave you a little more autonomy to be able to develop that expertise in Absolutely. multiple intelligences. And so yep. uh, the irony is that you never felt like you wanted to go to an independent school, but it was there that you were able to develop and, and do these amazing things uh, in, the, in the theory and the practice and the research. Yep. And, and, and it's interesting, David, I've, I've talked to some public school folks and I've talked to high school principals and they will share with me that they prefer working in a district where there's only one high school because then they have that autonomy. If you're in the district where there's such and such east and west and north and south, all of a sudden everybody has to be a bit more lockstep. And one of my uh, beliefs very strongly in education is that we've not capitalized on the creativity of educators as much as we should. Too often schools are silos, people work next to one another, kind of parallel play. So one of the points that I try to make in the classes that I teach here at the University of Missouri-St. Louis School Culture, for example, is that the job of the school principal should be to create a setting in which everybody grows, and that begins with the adults. And I want to create a setting, I want my students to create settings where people come in, teachers come in, and they learn with and from one another. And that's true from teachers, from administrators. And so the more that a school is really a learning organization, uh, the better that is for students, the better that is kids are going to grow because the adults around them are also growing. Mm -hmm. You mentioned your uh, blog and some of the other writing that you've done. Your career seems to have transitioned as you retired from being the administrator at New City School to be more of a, a support and a resource for educators now with all the work you do. Is that a passion of yours? Talk well, I, I hope, yeah. I hope. I've written uh, quite, quite a few books. Uh, my new one is titled The Principal is Chief Empathy Officer. And, you know, the case there, my premise is that leadership is about relationships and empathy is integral to relationships. And the nice thing about writing, I wrote a column in educational leadership called The Principal Connection for 14 years. I'm now writing a blog for ASCD. I've written books. Is that what I think happens is I'm, I'm touching people, I'm helping people that I'll never meet. You know, there's somebody in South Dakota who reads my book and probably thinks, God, there's nine ideas. Eight of those are crazy. But that ninth, one, that ninth one might be worth a try. Hmm. And to the degree that I can use that as a form to kind of spread the word, my word, and get people to use it, uh, that feels good. Mm -hmm. What is, uh, what is uh, the future hold for you in terms of that? Is there another book on the future in, in the well, works? Well, uh, you know, I, I said this is my last book, and friends of mine said, you said that last time. <laughs> and, um, you know, I don't like opinions. I never let a lack of knowledge get in the way of a lack of an opinion. So we'll see where this goes. The principal is chief empathy officer, in fact, had its origin four books ago. Uh, I initially wrote a small book called Fostering Grit, 
when grit was the big thing. In fact, before grit was the big thing. Mm. And it was well received. And a number of people said to me, well, we really see the importance of grit, but, but that's not it alone. What else is there? So then I conceptualized the formative five. And in that, I talked about empathy, self-control, integrity, embracing diversity, uh, and grit. And that was very well received. Uh, SEL, people looked at it. They, they saw the importance. And as I gave presentations, you know, from, from Dubai to Manila to Virginia, one of the things I would hear from educators always, uh, understandably, was we really like this but. And the but would be either but, but test scores are all my school cares about, or but I don't have enough time. Mm. So then I wrote a subsequent book called Taking Social-Emotional Learning School-Wide. And in that, I tried to use school culture as a tool to help every teacher, every educator, every principal figure how to advance children's personal intelligence, social-emotional learning. So as I was writing that, I kept coming back to the role of leadership. So that's where my last book basically emanated. And the presentations that I've been giving on it, I've changed it a bit. The title of my presentations is Every Educator is a Chief Empathy Officer because the, the case that I'm making applies to a third grade teacher, high school English teacher, PE teacher, instructional coach, whatever. And that is that relationships are what make the difference in schools. I've got a coffee mug that says who you are is more important than what you know. And I would argue that we can develop those relationships, we can work on them, and empathy can become a powerful tool for all of us to help and support one another. And that really speaks to how the role of an educator has changed Absolutely. over time um, from I'm sure when you first started when I first started it was it was all about the test scores it was all about right. the academic success and and now every school has an education support counselor every administrator is an empathy office an empathy officer like you say uh, what's brought about that change what is what is it about schools that are so different now and the responsibility of the educators to to the whole child and not just the academics well i think a couple of things have come into play uh in both of which are on our chest the first i think over the past decade maybe even a little longer we're coming to grips with the role of technology and how that is changing what kids need to know. And in many ways, a lot of the rote things on which schools focus so intently can be done with a, a touch of a few fingers with a, with a calculator, with a computer. Likewise, we are finding more and more that the human element is less amenable uh, to technology. You know, you can have Alexa, but that's real different than having somebody. So I think the, the rise of technology has made the whole child even more important. And then the other thing, sadly, candidly, is the pandemic. And I think what has happened is we've all taken a step back and we appreciate, again, who you are is more important than what you know. Mm. And the case I make in my classes and my presentations is if you're a first, second, third grade teacher and you've got children who come to you and they're behind in their reading or their math, absolutely, we say we've got to do something about that. We put them in small classes. We give them extra work. We know we need to catch them up. And my point would be, that same thing is equally true if a kid comes and doesn't understand himself or she can't relate to others. And if we want to prepare kids for success in life, not just success in school, they need to do well in school. But if we want to have our vision how they succeed in life, we really need to work on the whole child. We need to work on social emotional learning. We need to develop their character so that they're good people. And that's really what I've been trying to do in my teaching here at UMSL and in the writing that I do. Mm -hmm. What would you like to say to educators today? The uh, educators that are out there are 
probably going through some of the more challenging times than ever before with the pandemic and the challenges of remote versus in-person, balancing all that out and the, and the stress of managing the whole child and the relationships. What, what, what would you say to educators today? What words of encouragement would you offer during this uh, difficult and challenging time in education? Well, the first thing I would do is thank them. Um, education is always a challenge. It's always difficult. And in these, these COVID times, it is even much tougher. And we know that, and yet we really don't. I just wrote a blog, uh, in fact, called Do We Really Need Teacher Appreciation Week? And the case I made there was that it's not enough to highlight our teachers that week. What we really need to do is appreciate teachers all year round. And so the first thing I would do is thank them. And the second thing I would do is coming back to my, my phrase, who you are is more important than what you know. Not only is that applicable to children and what we develop with them, but it's applicable to us. We need to bring ourselves into the classrooms. We need to develop relationships with kids. And we need to develop relationships with one another. Teaching's really tough, and it's a whole lot harder if you're lonely, if you don't have colleagues with whom, from whom you can learn. And those kinds of, of outcomes don't happen by chance. They don't happen by luck. They happen because educators say, you know, this is important for me to do the best job for my kids. I need to learn from the people around me, and I need to help them learn from me. Let's get on it. Mm -hmm. Tom, in your long and distinguished career, you've received awards and honors and recognitions. Uh, too much to uh, go over the whole list here today. Um, is there anything that stands out to you? Is there an award or a recognition that means the most to you that really? Well, the first thing is you said my long and distinguished career, which is a nice way of saying, Tom, you're really old. <laughs> um, you know, uh, your honors are nice. What, 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 what's really cool, the best thing of all, absolutely, is when I run into a, a former student who comes up and thanks me and says mm -hmm. something really cool. Or when I run into a kid's parents and they'll say, wow, we remember you. We really appreciate. Uh, that's really what it's all about, mm -hmm. you know. The other stuff is nice, but it doesn't compare to knowing that you've made a difference and people saying something to you about it. Well, it's an honor to have you here at the University of Missouri-St. Louis, and the work you've done is so amazing and admirable. And I can't thank you enough for being on our podcast today and sharing some of your wisdom. Any, any parting thoughts before we end our time? I'm part of a great team. Uh, it was fun to talk with you, but the people around me are all talented and smart, and I feel very lucky to be here at UMSL. Tom, thank you. Thank you for everything you do. I am honored that you chose to join me today for the University of Missouri St. Louis College of Education podcast. I hope you'll join me next time. Till then, I'm David Stouffer. Thank you for the work you do. Never forget, you are making a difference every day. <music>